Damo, you big sweet tooth. Yes, MP, you chocoholic. So naughty but nice, we're a hit at the Wellness Summit and I want more. Well, how does 20 recipes in their free ebook Heavenly Healthy Desserts sound, MP? Jeepers, Damo, I'm loving that. Or you can hop on down to their brand new cafe, Selection Cafe in South Melbourne and receive 10% off your favourite healthy desserts. Woohoo! To do so, go to sonaughtybutnice.com forward slash couch and fill in your details to receive your free ebook and discount voucher. That's www.sonaughtybutnice.com forward slash couch. So naughty but nice, delicious nutrition. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off, because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favorite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Brett Hill, and this week on the show, I'm joined by a wellness mentor and blogger, mother of an eight-year-old boy, um, the fabulous... Emu Paleo Girl, Melinda Blundell. Melinda, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brett. So lovely to be chatting with you. Great to have you on board and it was great to see you at the Wellness Summit. So much fun catching up with all these like-minded people who are doing really cool things within the wellness community. Did you have fun? I did. It was actually my very first Wellness Summit. So I made the trip down to Melbourne. I took my mum along and... Yeah, caught up with um, some other people I'd been connecting with, so it was a really awesome weekend. Nice. So you got to find out what you've been missing out on, hey? Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Well, hopefully we'll see you again there next year because it is For lots sure. of fun. So, Melinda, you've got a great story. Um, you've obviously been on a real journey here that's motivated you towards getting into this whole wellness space, to becoming a blogger, to you know changing the way you're looking after your family. So how did this all start with you, Melinda? Yeah, well, I guess like a lot of people, I did go through a bit of a crisis and went searching for a better way to cope, a better normal, went searching for wellness, guys, and I actually, I think I must have typed in that word wellness and I stumbled across the wellness guys. So, (laughs) yeah, it was all when you guys were starting up. So, I've been listening for quite a while and I love all the wellness couch, um, everything that goes on there. So, if I share my story... um, I guess it's easier if I start back about four years ago, a bit past four years, and I used to think I was actually quite healthy. You know, my family was quite healthy. You know, after all, I ate, ate all the low fat and I ate the healthy whole grains and, you know, bought the margarine and we didn't have too much takeout. And if I got a soft drink, you know, I'd pick the Diet Coke. Um, then any of those symptoms I got, I just thought were normal for me. So I didn't really, you know, classes sickness you know if I got regular headaches just take the Panadol and that kind of worked um quite moodiness the PMS you know regular colds and flus even back pain was becoming normal um so life was kind of just plodding along then on the 1st of September 2011 our comfortable reliable world got turned upside down I guess you say when my husband actually fell about 30 meters down a cliff far out yeah, this was um, at Lithgow, the back of Noons um, in New South Wales. He was actually just bushwalking, you know, they were almost back to the end and slipped down some um, the loose leaves and it just suddenly became a cliff and he kept falling. So um, luckily he had a camera bag strapped tightly around his back um, and a tripod and we believe that helped save his back and neck from injuries. Yeah, but he did get um, a 
badly broken leg and a dislocated shoulder. So the helicopter rescue, the whole thing. Um, so thank goodness he was alive, but I thought, and a broken leg, you know, I thought, oh, that was easily fixed. Um, it did, wasn't quite as easy as that. It was kind of a real roller coaster of almost two years of setback and recoveries. And it was through all this, you know, me not coping. You know, I wasn't one with a broken leg, but, you know, I wasn't coping with the all the changes and the stress mm. and everything. And I really slipped into some low moods, which is probably how I've coped with other things throughout my life as well. And it really came to a point um, when my husband was back in hospital after numerous setbacks of, you know, the initial metal that they put in the leg breaking then other you know, external X fixes, which was um, on his leg. And then he actually got a serious bone infection. So they were kind of thinking, you know, worst case scenario, we'd actually be looking at amputation. So we're back at this crisis point of, oh, it's gone. It's just got to be a better way around all this. There's got to be a better way for me to cope, for him to heal. And that was really the start of when I thought, no, I've really got to search wellness and see where that takes me. I didn't know what I was going to find and I stumbled across the wellness guys and I just started listening and learning and I had my time um, going to work on the train and I just listened to podcast after podcast and just started then slowly putting into place some changes and it's just slowly evolved into what is basically the paleo template and just I've just found my new normal. I'm now happier and calmer. You know, I've even lost PMS symptoms, lost my regular headaches, the back pain's gone, um, lost 10 kilos, the regular colds and flus have gone. Um, it's just been such a major impact for our whole family and I never even dreamt that was possible and never expected that from first doing all the food changes. So it's just been a huge journey of... Um, learning and just loving all this real food and getting back to basic lifestyle as well. Oh, that's very cool. I'm going to have to make sure I share that with Damon and Lawrence because they're going to be very <laughs> excited to hear that about the wellness guys. Um, you know, it's a, it's amazing how many stories we hear like that throughout the podcast network of people who have, you know, just stumbled across it or just Googled it or, you know, isn't the internet just a, a wonderful thing? So mm. I'll, uh, I'll make sure I share that with the boys. They'll be very excited. So, where did you start? Like you said, you started with the wellness guys. What was the first episode you got to? Uh, I think you had already recorded maybe 10 or 15 of them, but I actually started from number one. <laughs> so I st- yeah, I just started right from the beginning and so I quickly caught up and then, you know, when you catch up, it's like, oh, now I've got to wait a whole week. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. for those people who don't know, we obviously have, you know, some people might just, just listen to that paleo show and not be aware of the other shows on our network. So we have a whole network called The Wellness Couch. And there are now, I think, 16 or 17 shows on The Wellness Couch. It's expanding all the time. And, and The Wellness Guys was our original show. And, you know, when we record, it always frightens me a little bit when people say they started from episode number one, because when we recorded episode number one, we really had no idea what we were doing. We didn't even really know what a podcast was. And our intention was never for that episode to go live. We actually recorded that episode thinking, let's just give it a go and see how it goes. And if it works out all right, then we'll start recording podcasts. And and we kind of liked it and thought, well, let's just put it out there and see what happens. And that actually ended up being episode one. So it's scary to think that that's what people are stumbling across as their first thing when they search wellness. But 
obviously it seemed to work for you. So what was it? What was the thing that sort of uh, got your attention right from the start that made me made you think that maybe there was something there? Um, I think early on you, um, I think you interviewed um, Mark Simpson and another guy as well, and then Cindy O'Meara came on with the food. It was really some pennies dropping about the grains and the fat, I think, yeah. was some of the biggest things. It was really the food stuff that I resonated with the most. Yeah. Yeah. And it's when I kind of put, um, you know, when my husband got that infection, I was like, all right, we need to cut down our grains and sugar because that's going to feed this infection. And that's kind of where we started. And then we thought, okay, let's just try gluten-free just as an experiment. And it was then we started coming out of this brain fog, you know, my moods were improving. We're like, okay, we're on to something here. And it just kind of evolved from that. And then it was like trying to get rid of this, um, these lifelong low-fat beliefs and habits that I had. You know, I was such a low-fat girl. I would always reach for the low-fat version of everything. And it was trying to get my head around that. But it was when I did and I embraced fat, and I love fat now, (laughs) (laughs) that things started really working for me as well. So why do you think that was so hard? You know, you mentioned the low fat and also the diet with the diet soft drinks. You know, there's the artificial sugars, there's the low fat stuff. They often sort of almost go hand in hand. Mm. Why do you think it was so hard for you to overcome that conditioning? And what tips do you have for other people who are sort of in the same band, you know, in the same mindset that you are? You know, what do you wish someone had told you back then that you know now? Oh, I just, um, I wish... I'd just known that my hormones, my brain, my body just needs fats and not to be scared of them. Um, And, yeah, and they don't trigger, you know, the glycemic index as well. Like Mm. you're looking at insulin and all those kind of things, you you know, that's not influence any of that. And then it's the insulin that turns, you know, stuff into fat. It's the sugar, not the fat. So yeah. I just switch. Fat doesn't make you fat. Don't be scared of it. <laughs> yeah. Embrace it. And so how did your family go with these changes? What what did your husband think of this suggestion to go gluten free and, and how did your son go with it as well? Well, my husband was facing his potential seventh operation. So he uh-huh. was yeah, he was really prepared to go, Okay, I'm gonna try this. I really don't want to go through another operation and recovery again. So he was willing to try it. Um, the whole gluten-free thing, I was even prepared to do that by myself. I thought, no, I'm going to give this a go. But he was like, no, I'll do it with you. Um, so that's really cool. He's been along along the journey with me. Um, and it, um, I don't know. Um, sorry, I just lost train of thought. That's all right. That's all right. What was, what was the hardest thing for him to change? Hardest thing? Um, look, he's always loved his bacon and his full-fat butter and full fat milk and you know when we got married it was me that made him go to brown bread instead of white bread and the low fat low fat milk and you know I made him do all these changes and he's like no I knew I was right all along (laughs) (laughs) so he loved it and 
he, you know, he loves that he can have bacon and eggs for breakfast and everything. Yeah, and I reckon yeah. that's the trick with the blokes because yeah. there's so many people <laughs> listening to this show. Uh, uh, girls, you know, we have a really high percentage of girls who listen to the show, and many of them do have partners or fathers or other blokes in their life who they'd love to make some changes. And you know, often we try and sort of start with the hardest things first, rather than starting with the easiest things first. You know, and so I reckon getting guys to transition into paleo, one of the easiest things you can do is go. Guess what? You can have bacon and eggs every morning. You can have a steak for dinner. You can have, you know, the foods that you know they love. You know, we know that as they transition further into paleo, you might want to up the veggie content and you might want to, you know, refine that a little bit. But but start with the things that they love and the things that work and the easy things. And often what you find is once you start filling them up on, as you said, some of those healthy fats, um, then the rest of the transition gets a whole lot easier as well. They're not craving. They're not hungry. They're not crashing. So it makes it easier to get some of the other stuff in too. Is that what you found? Yeah, absolutely. He's really loved it. And I haven't made, you know, him wrong in not wanting to do anything. You know, he's just, you know, and just focusing on me. And when he can see the benefits it's having for me, that's, you know, something he's got, okay, you know, this is working. And, and, you know, I'm the one doing the shopping and controlling, you know, what goes in the trolley, you know, that (laughs) that's what we've got at the house. But He's then also, um, you know, I've empowered him with um, teaching him some cooking as well and kind of stepping out of the kitchen and letting him do it his way as well. And he's now the chief granola maker and, you know, and he's got his, you know, nice curry dish that he makes. So um, he's come such a long way. He's been a really good support and he's loving it all as well. I love that. And and I can relate to that, you know, as a guy, you know, probably in the last couple of years, I've, I've very much gotten so much more into the kitchen and, and, and I love it, you know, and it mm. wasn't something that I ever thought that I would love before, but when it's, yeah, that's like you know, him. when it's food that you love and when you're passionate about it and you're doing it for a reason and you, you know, you feel like you're providing for your family and supporting, you know, those are things that blokes love to do. Um, that when you, as I said, I think what you said about empowering, I think is such an important point. So how did you, how do you do that? How do you make sure that you're empowering rather than, I guess, like nagging and criticising? I would say, you know, tap into his strengths as well. Yeah. Um, so what does what does he already like doing and is good at or a dish that he likes or, um, you know, if he's good at talking to the people, maybe you get him to start some conversations at the farmer's market for you and go, oh, can you find me out more about this? Or if he's good at, you know, sports and activities, getting to teach you something, if he's good at, you know, the techie stuff, you know, get him to research something. Um, so it's tapping into what he's already good at and playing up to his strengths, I guess, and then empowering him with, um, you know, getting becoming, you know, the chief granola maker, getting him to take ownership of something. And really for us women and wives, it's letting go of the control. Like, <laughs> you know, when we first got married and I you know, I was like, oh, can you help me in the kitchen? Or I wanted to or whatever. And I'd hover over him and I'd, you know, no, no, you've got to cut the vegetables like this and you've got to do that. <laughs> it was just, it wasn't good for any of us, you know. That yeah. was that was just not a stressful, you know, that was just too stressful and not the best way. He wasn't learning then either. It was only then, you know, I think I started working a bit more and I got out of the kitchen and I just let him do it how he wanted to do it. And, you know, at the beginning, I just had to, whatever he ended up serving, I was like, yeah, thank you, this is yummy. And he gradually got better and, you know, he's really enjoying the kitchen now and loves that he can, you know, he, um, men just want to make their wives happy as well. 
and you know and he knows that you know if he can serve up some veggies i'm going to be happy if you know he just wants to we're, we're suckers for a bit of praise, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit of ego stroking goes a long yeah. way, I reckon. All right, so so what about your little boy? How did he go as far as these changes that were coming into his diet? He's obviously at school now, so um, you know there would have been some changes in terms of, I guess, not just breakfast and dinners, but also lunch times and recesses and you know maybe a little bit different to everyone else around him at school. How did he go with those changes? Yeah, look, for him, um, the changes we made were much slower he was around five, so he'd already become so hooked on all the, the wheat-based snacks and such a snacker. Um, so it was gradually reducing those down is how we did it, you know, rather than having things five days a week, it was mm. three days a week and then it was two days a week. And then it was like, oh, mummy forgot to buy that anymore. And we just started introducing some other things in. So it was slower, um, but he's getting there and we, we're definitely a gluten-free household. So there's no gluten in the house anymore. Nice. Um, and for lunches and school, he now takes, you know, a bit of barbecue chicken and some carrot sticks or something. Like, so easy and quick to pack. And, you know, but you're not making a sandwich. And he's, you know, he's coped with that. He hasn't had people, um, you know, pick on him or anything. He's actually had friends that will go, oh, I want to ask their mum, I want to have what Jacob's having or... You know, so it's been a good little thing. Yeah, I love that. And and I think it, it's almost the same sort of process, isn't it? I mean, it's very much about, you know, one bite at a time. You know, I, I talk about that a lot in my book, How to Eat yeah. an Elephant, you know, one bite at a time. And, and as he starts to get that, then, then he starts to get a little bit empowered as well. And, and it's almost, you know, it is quite a similar process to what you go through with your husband is what you're doing with your boy. And so, you know, how is, what is his motivation? You know, how does he, um, you know, why does he want to do it and why does he want to make the changes? How do you get him empowered and hooked into this whole process as well? It's more just, um, you know, reminding him when he's like, oh, can't I just have a sandwich like somebody else? Or if he says something like that, it's, you know, why don't we do this anymore? It's, okay, remember how mummy used to be when I used to eat all this stuff or, you know, and just reminding him of the changes in our household, like he's not getting his, um, you know, the sore tummies and the, the earaches and things like that anymore. Yeah. He's such a much calmer child when we are, are a much happier, calmer household all around. Yeah. And then if he does go to a party or something or if he does eat something, then it's like, and then he does feel not good or he's, you know, acting a bit funny. It's like, okay, let's have a think about why that might be happening and it's kind of reflecting on that as well. Yeah, I love that because I've I've just finished writing a kids eating ebook all about how to get kids to love eating healthy rather than oh, feel like cool. they have to eat healthy, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, I haven't got it all ready to you know it's still being edited and stuff yet. I'm getting very impatient, but it will come out soon, which is very exciting. Um, but uh, but that's the sort of stuff we talk about, and it's all about allowing your kids to to figure out how to motivate themselves rather than relying on, I guess, external motivation and rather than relying on mum and dad to be telling them what to do is helping them learn those lessons for themselves and by judging, I guess, not just how, based on how they feel when they're eating it but how they feel afterwards as well. And I find it, and I'm sure you find this with Jacob, it's amazing how connected they are with their bodies that they really do just get it, don't they, once you start pointing it out to them? Yeah, they do. Um, it is, he's still struggling, you know, a little bit. It's not, you know, he doesn't eat exactly what I would love him to at the moment. He's we're definitely more of a fussy eater. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're still going along the, 
the learning journey with him. Um, (laughs) But it's like tapping into, okay, what are you into now? Okay, it's soccer. Well, this is going to help you, you know, kick the ball further. That's brilliant. That's brilliant because that's the next thing I was going to say is figuring out his why and helping Mm. him see how doing that is going to help him achieve what he really wants, whether that's, yeah, like you said, kicking a soccer ball, whatever it happens to be. And and the more you do that and the more you reinforce that, I think the more it just, you know, keeps snowballing, doesn't it? Keeps heading in the right direction. And, And that's what it's all about. It's not about are they 100% paleo, you know, are they 100% whatever, it's about that continual improvement, you know, you've got a boy who's eight years old, he's got, you know, hopefully another 100 years ahead of him to get this stuff right, or to at least keep improving, you know, and so it's about creating sustainable change, and it's about heading him in the right direction, rather than trying to change everything at once and force him into changing, which might actually lead to the opposite behaviours later on as well. Yeah, that's right, and you know, I don't know what he's going to do when he's got his own money and it can drive to McDonald's or, you know, I don't know. I can't control that. But I just want him to know what healthy can feel like. Yeah, Because when that. you don't have that baseline, you don't understand what you can be like, then I think it's going to be, you know, if you, you know, I think we all go through that. I remember when I started working and having money and, you know, you realize what you're, what you're buying. And I was like, when I reflect back now, but I think I had a, I grew up with pen parents who, um, you know, health was always quite important. So I had a better baseline to know that I, you know, I can feel better than this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And, And that's crucial, isn't it? It's about having that understanding of what's normal because I think in our society, you know, you mentioned earlier your quote-unquote normal symptoms that you were having. You know, mm. that's what we think of as being normal because yeah. it's so common. That, that It's so common for people in our society to have all of these aches and pains and conditions and moodiness and fatigue and, you know, as said, menstrual problems and colds and flus and all of those things are just considered normal because they're so common. But, you know, if you if you are lucky enough to get that grounding, you know, some children have grown up only ever knowing that, that you know, they've only ever known that as being normal. They've only ever seen people around them who aren't well. And, and so they just have no concept that it could be a little bit different. So I guess you and Jacob are both lucky in that respect. You're getting a an early opening to what's possible and as you said you do hope that as your kids get older that they're always going to start to push back towards that that they're always going to have that as a little bit of a you know they're at least going to know that's possible if that's what they choose to do yes yep yep and I'm just teaching him to question things as well you know we talk about you know the marketing or the the ads on the tv and what they're really just trying to selling and don't believe everything you read and you see and I just want him to question things as well yeah, fabulous. So, um, look, Melinda, your books, you know, you've got an e-book, you've got a workshop, you just told me your next workshop is already sold out, which is fantastic, um, and they're all about getting people to, to, to go a more paleo way of living, but doing it as, as a slow transition, as a step-by-step. So, the people who are coming along to your workshops, the people who are reading your books, you know, where are they at to start with? You know, what are you finding out about the people out there in society? What are their, their common issues and their common struggles for starters? Yeah, well, these are people who just have been living the normal, eating the normal Australian diet, you know, but like searching for that better way to cope. They're wanting more energy. Um, they're just feeling, you know, they've got aches and pains, feeling a bit older than they really are. And, you know, maybe scared a health crisis is around the corner. So it's, you know, trying to just, I, you know, I made the changes step by step. I didn't just jump in all at once. And I really understood each of them as I was going and worked out what 
was actually working for me and I just want to help, you know, empower, inspire other people to do the same thing. So I wrote it with a specific friend in mind because <laughs> nice. she was she kept asking questions, you know, it was like, oh, what do you, you know, what do I do here? What do you know? And I was like, okay, if I can just put all my tips in one place, then I can give it to her and I can give other people who are starting to ask me questions as well. So that's where it all evolved from. So it really just was, okay, let's just put break it down into tiny steps because she was getting so overwhelmed with, oh, what do I do? And um, so it's like just one little step at a time and it's just trying to get that feeling of overwhelming just away and, yeah, that's yeah. where it all came from. Nice. And I love that concept of just talking to one friend because I think when we do talk to our best friends, we tend to do it kind of right. You know, we don't tend to talk down to them or lecture them or badger them too much. Uh, but by the same token, we don't hold back either. You know, if there's something there that we know that they need to know, when it's your really good friends, you just tell them and you start front with them and you're honest with them. And I think that's the way we need to communicate with people to help inspire them to start making change, don't you think? Yeah. And if we say, you know, this is what's worked for me, they can't argue with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and, and there's so many experts out there you can lend on and lean on as well now and say, well, you know, these people are saying this, these people are saying this, you know, maybe just try it and see how you go, you know. Yes. It doesn't I, have to be a you have to do it this way and there's only one way and it's the right way, etc. And it's great having all the, the podcasts and everything that I refer lots of people to you guys. So <laughs> like, just listen to you, just listen to them. <laughs> yeah, nice. Well, it's, it's great for us as well. I mean, we get to get these experts from all over the world to come in and just share these little, you know, pearls of wisdom. And, and so often you listen to the podcast and you think, yeah, you know, most of this I've heard before, you know, maybe 95% of it you've heard before, but there's just that one little tip, you know, and you think, wow, that podcast was worth listening to just for that extra little bit that helps take you that extra bit along the journey. Journey, isn't it? Yeah, we all get those little aha moments at the right little time. <laughs> Absolutely. So when you're working through people with with both your book and your workshop, you know, where do you generally start? What, what do you find is the best spot? If people are thinking of going a more paleo way of living, um, what do you find is the best thing to start with? Well, we usually just start with their actual key motivation. So it's, you know, tapping into their whys. and. Nice. Yeah, and then it's like, okay, how can we just slowly start to make towards gluten-free is where I usually start and starting to up the fat. And whether that's just starting with breakfast or just starting with breakfast three times a week, that's more paleo. So a, a good breakfast just sets you up for the whole day, I find. So, so what sort of stuff are you encouraging them to include in that breakfast then? So we'd go through different options of what, they like so whether it's you know cooking the eggs and the bacon and the the veggies up or um there's a yummy paleo granola recipe in my ebook um so it's a bit quicker options on those days you need to get out the door or making a coconut milk smoothie um so they're kind of the three breakfast things Nice. And I guess just things like, yeah, like you said, getting the eggs in, getting the avocado in, getting some, some nuts, some, you know, some more, a bit more protein, a bit more fat, just, yeah. just getting that balance a bit better, isn't it? Away from the just full on carbohydrate, gluten breakfast that we tend to go for. Yeah. Just, I guess, oh, it makes you fuller for longer and uh, starts the day off well. So we've got the breakfast sorted. Then where do we go next? What, what's the next step along the journey? Um, it's lunches have, um, was a big thing for me and also, um, more where my friend's kind of struggling as well, especially when, you know, you kind of pack everyone else's lunch and then you're not 
thinking about you. Um, but the beautiful gourmet salads, I love them now. <laughs> I was never really a salad girl, but now that I can have dressing and mayo and um, everything else in there, it just tastes amazing. So <laughs> there is, um, in my ebook, there's a, a mayonnaise recipe. So that was a big revolution for me is adding actually salad dressings into my salads. I never did that. So, so um, give us a bit of a rundown. What's your favourite dressing? Is Favourite dressing would just be the basic 50-50 olive oil and apple cider vinegar. Quick and easy and I just Simple. love the tang and I love I just love it. <laughs> That's an easy one. Simple. Nice. Well, that does sound easy. I reckon even I could manage to put that one together. That would be great. <laughs> All you right. could put a little bit of mustard or a little bit of garlic or add some other things in but just those two basic ingredients, it's always good. Okay, and so we've spoken a lot about the food, and obviously you you do you've said you like to focus for yourself and for the people you're working with. You like to focus on that food first, but what other stuff do you start to then implement in terms of, I guess, the mindset and the exercise components as well? Yeah, well, I do talk about it's not just the food; it's this, you know, all the paleo basics I call them, which is you know the movement as well. It's getting out into the daily sunshine. That was another big step for me is making sure I had lunch outside every day, getting some more sunlight. You know, I always always used to lather on the sunscreen, stay indoors. So that's been a huge big um, benefit, um, a good step for me and a good step for everyone. Get out into nature more. Um, we think about the water um, and, yeah, the sunshine and the sleep. And then it's the stress management as well. So it's the whole package yeah. to look at. So what's next for you guys? I mean, you obviously as a family are, are still on this journey, which is which we all are, really. <laughs> you know, none, I don't think it'll ever end, will it? <laughs> none of us are doing it perfectly. I can guarantee that. Someone asked me the other day, they're like, are your kids, do they just eat perfectly paleo the whole time? And I was like, no, they don't. You know, they, they're pretty good, but they're, never, they're not perfect and no one is and that's okay. So um, what's next for you guys? Like what's your next little, you know, bite along your journey that you guys are going to take on, do you reckon? Um. Well, you know how we had to have the one, the one thing out of the wellness summit. Nice. <laughs> mine, was, mine was a variety of movements, so that's my thing. I'm focusing on at the moment. I've gone to a stand up desk now, so I'm nice. giving that a go. <laughs> so did that come from my talk? Because I'm going to like let the boys know that it was mine. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. That's great. No, that's good. That, that's awesome. And it, it's amazing that once again, it's those just those little pearls that you pick up along the way, isn't it? It is. Yeah. We've made lots and lots of changes. So, you know, we've now got backyard chickens. We regularly have Cairo for the whole family. So nice. every six weeks we go along. Um, you know, I shop at farmers markets now. I make my own kombucha it's like but all these things I definitely didn't do at once you know I yeah. think it was more like 18 months into the journey where I was like okay I think I'm ready to actually have a go at sauerkraut now yeah so you know <laughs> it all kind of happens along the way it's just the way it goes isn't it I mean without wanting to try and reveal my age you know I'm probably 15 years into the journey you know and it's it's still going you know there's still just bits and pieces that you add and you change all the time and sometimes even things that you take out again where you think well I thought that was good and maybe it wasn't quite as good as I thought and so you're just constantly editing and refining and you know I know Cindy Amira always says you know when, when you know better than you do better and, and that's really what it's all about isn't it mm, definitely although with that saying I think I think it's Karen that says that all the time but <sighs> uh, I always think oh, there's a lot of people that actually do know better and they don't do better so 
that's my thing with that quote. Well, there's, there's more factors. There's the motivation factor, There's knowing factor, and then there's there? doing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But but I think if you really if you really know it, like if you really know why and, and why that's going to help you, you know, and why you want to do it, then, then I guess that's a different level of knowing, isn't it? It's that motivation factor that comes in and there. And then you know the actual how to do yeah. it as well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's more than just having the, you know, the textbook knowledge, isn't it? Yeah, it's not, you know, the, not the theory, pie in the sky stuff. It's like, okay, how do I actually do it in reality for yeah. my family and everything? Yeah. Yeah. And, I guess, and that's obviously where stuff like your ebooks and your workshops come in. So tell us a bit about your ebooks and your workshops, you know, what they are, how people can get them, all that sort of stuff. Okay. Well, probably the best place to go is my website. So that's emupaleogirl.com, E-M-U-P-A-L-E-O-G-I-R-L.com. Um, my workshop for October is actually sold out, which is really exciting. And that will be um, with my husband as well. So he's going to be doing a breakout session with the blokes. And so they can go Love off and it. talk all things like the beer scenario and, the you know, the bacon and just yeah. meaningful ways that they can help support the family. I hope they're doing that around the Barbie. <laughs> I, I yeah, just picture them. Yeah, yeah. Like every guy can pick up a... Um, barbecue tongs so you know that's a good place to start (laughs) nice we just got to teach them then um support them to okay make the wife happy with actually doing some vegetables as well and (laughs) 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 nice nice yeah so um hopefully by the time this comes out i'll set a november date for a workshop as well so i'm in western sydney so a lot of the things happen you know along the coast in sydney bondi and i'm trying to get some more opportunities um out in Western Sydney for everyone to start making all these changes and and making it easy and achievable and enjoyable. This has got to be a fun process along the way too. I love that. That sounds great, Melinda, and that sounds like something that a lot of people would love getting involved in and just, you know, starting from the start and having someone just to, you know, just to hold their hand a little bit through the first stages of that process. And as you said, I think obviously for the guys, having a guy there to talk about, you know, how this works from a guy's perspective and, you know, because uh, they do, they think a bit differently about things and they, they, they have different, I guess, challenges. They have different motivators. They have different, you know, different ways of doing it as a yeah. generality. You know, I don't want to yeah. generalize and say all guys are the same, <laughs> but I think that's a great idea to start getting them on board as well because we really do, when it comes to health in our society, we really do need to start getting the guys on board a whole lot more, I reckon. Yeah, and it's change is easier when you've got that support around you. Yeah, absolutely, when you're doing it all together. So uh, for the listeners, they can check out Melinda on Facebook, on Instagram, and newly joined on Twitter. So if you look up Emu Paleo Girl on each of those, you'll be able to find. So thank you so much for coming on today. It's been an absolute pleasure, Melinda. Thank you, Brett. Love chatting with you. (laughs) Great. So until next week, join the conversation on Facebook, give us a five-star rating on iTunes, join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com, and let's help grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.